So, episodes, recording them, making them. Should we do that? Is that a thing you want? Eh. We have, don't even have any chatter. There's literally nothing. Howdy, it's Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019. This is episode 109 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Laskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Uh, I don't have anything that's good. I don't feel good. So, everything is ruined. Wow. That was a great episode opener. I'm sure all of our fans are super excited to be listening right now. You've really set the stage for what's going to be a scintillating episode. Usually I have something in my mind for what's good. <laughs> and I just have nothing. <laughs> uh, my my bet on Maryland football, Maryland versus Penn State, under 60.5, that was good. That was one of your better bets. If you are not up to date on Big Ten football, Maryland lost that game 59 to nothing. Sounds like an under. <laughs> and I texted you at halftime saying this game could end 59 to nothing and I would still get paid out because I believe it was what? It was 38 to nothing. 8 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and so the rest of the game, I was just cheering for 59 nothing. And that's what happened. Locked it up. I turned it off at halftime because I had seen enough at that point. Oh, I didn't actually watch it. I was following it on my phone while drinking uh, beer at a hockey rink at 11 p.m. It sounds like your usual it's my Friday, Friday night. Friday night, typical Friday night. So, what happened in the year 2009? Something near and dear to my heart, except that I never actually took it, was the Aces train. Started running in February of 2009. It was direct service. I feel like direct should be in quotes here. From yeah. the New York Penn Station to the Atlantic City Rail Terminal. Because there is no direct rail line. Right, it still goes through Philadelphia, right? It just doesn't stop and pick up people. Or didn't stop and pick up people. It doesn't seem like a big selling point to me. So when I first started going, it was not that long after this started running. And I always meant to take it, but it was always so much more expensive than the bus. And I was like, I could take the bus for like 28 bucks round trip and get a $25 voucher. Or I could pay almost three times that to take this train, which had drink service on the train. Like you had a bar, I think, on the train. That is a plus. It's, yeah, it's a huge plus, but I was very Also, it wasn't at the, time. the bus. I've heard many of your stories about the bus. Yeah, but it, it took longer than the bus, which is the hilarious thing because of the detour through Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> so the main thing I wanted out of it was getting to Atlantic City as fast as possible. Yeah. And it couldn't really do that, so. You'd have to think that there's some old rail lines somewhere that go from New York to Atlantic City. They're just all, like, covered in grass, and they just need to be, like, dug out of the mulch to get Maybe. there. Maybe. Like... That has to exist, right? It's possible. I actually really doubt it. Yeah. Everything goes through Philadelphia. The shape of the state of New Jersey is not going to make that easy. Yeah. Anyways, also in 2009, what happened? Uh, the world's longest craps roll at Borgata, which if you've ever been to Borgata, it's written on their tables. Four hours and 18 minutes, 154 consecutive rolls by Patricia DeMauro. Uh, she bought in for $100. Borg would not say what she cashed out for. And she said it was her only only her second time playing. So that would be good if I was on a table with 154 rolls. Seems pretty good. 
Does 154 rolls in four hours seem like not that fast? It seems like a pretty lackadaisical pace, yes. Like, that's that's less than a roll a minute. Way less than a roll a minute. (laughs) Yeah, it seems really slow. What I want to know is, like, did a bunch of people buy in throughout this? You know, I mean, it's a crazy long roll. Of course people are going to be buying in. Or did it attract so much attention that people were like, oh, we don't want to ruin this. Like, and everybody's standing on the sidelines. I mean, there's... I looked for articles and I couldn't find anything really. Talking I would assume about at some point it was became a huge spectacle, and that probably slowed things down a little bit. But it's still that is just a glacial pace. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I found I, an article saying that it drew a crowd, but I don't know if it drew a crowd of players or if it just drew a crowd of people watching. I mean, I'm sure the table was full to the maximum. You would think. I would think. What I would bet given that she bought in for $100, is that she was, like, the least profitable person at the table. Oh, yeah. By far. <laughs> I'm sure she just had, like, pass line bets that she won, like, yeah. four times or something. <laughs> yeah. She left and she had, like, you know, $450. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully people tipped her well. Yeah, I would assume it was not a terrible thing for her. But So going back 100 years to 1909... Couldn't find anything good, so what we're stuck with is the first ever six days of Atlantic City. Tracks. Which is what we need in our life, Craig. We do. Track cycling event. No, that's not what I need in my life. Six day. Well, yeah, we do need six days of Atlantic City. Uh, so six day, apparently six day track events, that's like a thing. Like six day cycling track events is like right. a thing into itself. So there was one in Atlantic City in 1909, the first of two, the second being in 1932. The team that won was Patty, I don't know how to say that, Hare of Australia and Eddie Root of the USA. That is some riveting stuff. Amazing. Uh, so I, I'm not a track cycling expert, but six days seems like an excessive amount of time for anything. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's a bunch of events, I guess. Like, I Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot. That's a, It's almost a week, Kyle. Yeah. I, I got out a calendar and I just looked at it and calculated and I saw it was almost a week. So, just another update on the podcast superiority poll. We are just chugging right along. I know last time we talked to you, we were two and one in both of our weeks, and that trend has continued. We are two and one in our picks all four weeks so far. So, so I I even told you, Craig, so we picked two one o'clock games and then a four o'clock game last week. And our two one o'clock games won, and I told Craig, like, he needs to, since you have easier access to betting, bet your life savings on, uh, we took the Vikings, so I said, do you need to bet your life savings on the Bears? Because never has there been more of a lock. <laughs> and the Bears handily won that game and covered. So, I hope you've learned your lesson. Oh, I'm incredibly rich now, because I did bet on Oh, good. Money. Yeah. Good, good, good. No, I did so, not put any money on that. Anyway, I have to say, uh, it's been going pretty well. What are, are we in second or third? We're in third still. What the? Uh, that's pretty weak for going two and one all four weeks. You would you would hope that it would be a bit better than that, but yeah. I mean, we keep losing our two point picks. Yeah, so that's part of the problem. So cousin Vito has the same record as us, but has done better on the priority picks or whatever the confidence. And seven out has a worse record than us, but has done significantly better on their three and two point picks. So they're mm. in first place. Yeah, so speaking of 7-Out, they also had a cricket on their most recent episode. So it's a plague, the cricket plague. Yeah, I, I have to say that I do not believe there's a cricket living in my basement anymore, but I did not take any actions to remediate it, so I guess it just passed of natural causes. Or moved to Long Island, where it is now a guest on the 7-Out podcast. Could be, could be. 
It could be worse. It could be the grasshopper plague in Vegas right before I went to Vegas last time. <laughs> that was terrifying. I didn't see any grasshoppers there, though. I was there like two days later. I didn't see any grasshoppers. Yeah. I mean, it was what? Our senior year of high school that we had two swarms of locusts at the same time, and it was a mega swarm. I don't know. Was it bad down near you? I know up near us, it was. they were everywhere. I don't remember that far back. You could not go outside of your house without getting hit in the face by like five <laughs> locusts. Like the whole like sidewalks were just covered in locusts. It was insanity. Yeah, I don't remember. It was I feel legit. Like I remembered. Some revelations stuff. <laughs> yeah, up there in Baltimore County. Yeah. We didn't have that in Prince George's yes. County. The end of days only occurred in Baltimore <laughs> County. Luckily for you. Maybe I've just completely blocked it out. <laughs> Uh, we went and gambled very briefly. Well, very briefly for me. You went for a little longer. Yeah, at but Horseshoe. not in Atlantic City because we don't go to Atlantic City. So, no, 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 that's not what we do. So, yeah, I, just to give a bit of a story, I had planned on meeting up with Craig and some other friends at the Horseshoe after an Oriole game that Craig came down for, the final or- ho- Oriole home series of the season. So. I decided I should leave my house at like 9.30 or something, or it was like 9, I guess. And I felt a little bad about it. I'm like, eh, maybe should have left a little earlier, but whatever, it's fine. Anyway, the game went to extra innings. Craig got there at what, like a little after midnight for <laughs> yeah, so 7, 7 p.m. start time? 7 p.m. start. We stayed for... Right, you didn't even stay the, the whole game. Well, we left. We started walking out when the Orioles brought in a pitcher... And we saw that the pitcher couldn't even hit the catcher on his warm-up pitches. And we were like, there's no way the Orioles are getting out of this 13th inning tied. And the first guy, I think I don't remember if he got hit or what it, whatever, immediately gets on. And we were like, okay, no, we're getting out of here. And got up. And like before we had even made it around the concourse, they had already given up a run. And as we got to our friend Dave's car to go to Horseshoe, we heard the Orioles make the final out and lose. Wait, but you, you drove to Horseshoe? Yeah, man. I did not know that. That is weak. Why would we have not driven to Horseshoe? Because then Dave would have had to walk back, and he could have driven us. Anyways, ignoring yeah. the logistics, which, by the way, got us to Horseshoe ever so slightly faster. We should have left after nine innings and just called it a victory and had well, another two hours at the Horseshoe. Didn't bother me any. I mean, I was going to be playing tiles by myself regardless of what you guys <laughs> did. So Yeah, I think I saw you just long enough to say, hey, get you a beer. Yes, I demanded a beer. And then I went down and played video poker, and then I saw you as you left. Yeah. I think that was it. That's how I prefer my interactions. Yeah, not atypical for a Kyle gambling trip. Yeah. How'd you do at the Pygo tiles? I cash in 400, cash out a little over 1,000. Pretty so, good. Pretty good for was betting. That the, the only 60 thing bucks you played? A hand. 60 bucks a hand? Was that the only thing you played? I played a little bit of face-up Pygo. Uh, how was that? I thought it was pretty fun. The fun part, though, is just trying to set the most ridiculous hands that have the best outcome you can make anyway. Oh, which yeah. Is okay. Pretty fun sometimes. So, so I was, I was so talking like to once, my brother about this and I was like, what is the fun in it? And I know people have said that they really like it, but I couldn't really figure out what would make it fun. And that would make oh, it fun. Oh, no, it's, it's not that fun. But like one time I had two pair and I split both of my pairs because the dealer had like a flush and like a crap top. And I'm like, there's no possible way I can set my hand to either win or lose this, honestly. So <laughs> I just made a pie gal and a tie because I split my two pairs. So that, that's like fun to do that kind yeah. of stuff. But no, I didn't really enjoy it. So if, if pie gal, if face up pie gal becomes the only pie gal, it's, will you be sad? 
That's the same as regular Pi Gal Poker, which isn't my favorite. I only will play socially because other people like it a lot more than I do. Interesting. I like it fine. It's fine. I think I prefer tiles. Face up is fine. Face down is fine. Tiles is incredible. So So I got there, got some sort of drink, old-fashioned, I think, and then went down straight to the shitty video poker machines. The video poker there is horrible, by the way. Oh, it's just awful. I think I played, I don't know, half an it's hour awful, of video poker. It's and maybe. it's like $20 to a point, I think. I think it's bad, and the comps are... Yes, the comps are horrible. horrible. Just couldn't hit anything. Like, just losing, 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 losing. Our friend Dave sits down, and I think on his, I don't know, second, third, fourth hand, it was very, very quickly, he gets a flush that is also four to a royal. And he's like, do I keep the flush here? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You have to go for it. So he kept queen, 10 queen, king, ace of clubs. Hits the button. Jack of clubs. $1,000 win. Which is perfect. Best best part about that? No hand pay. Yes, no hand pay. I guess the best part about it is $1,000. But the second best part about it is no <laughs> hand pay. <laughs> uh, so another one of our friends who has played significantly fewer video poker hands than you. Now oh, yeah. The Royal. I'm sure you and Dave combined have played probably less than half of the hands I've played. <laughs> uh, so that was cool to see. Good to see somebody else hit a royal. You know, it's a little. I'm a little less jealous since I've hit two. Yeah, I also wasn't jealous because I also had a thousand dollars. So yes, you were up, so that's good. Also, I wasn't going to play that horrific video poker there. It was very bad. Was it seven five or eight five? I think it was seven five. That's well, bad. I don't. We were playing double double bonus. Uh, okay. Uh, which was slightly better, but still really, really bad. Still awful. Yeah. I, so I lost, I don't know, 80 bucks way faster than you should lose 80 bucks at video poker. And then remember that I had $15 free play and I turned my $15 free play into 25 real dollars on some crappy slot machine I had never seen before. Sun and Moon. I have seen it a bunch of times. I've never played it. It's no seal the deal. No. Uh, but but I just, it it was one of those games where you get free games as the bonus so I hit a bonus pretty early, and it just kept re-triggering free games. And I still, even though I got like 40 free games, I still only won like 15 real dollars because it's penny slot. But it did have the plus side of having Paul complaining the whole time about free games. Yeah, because he was like, this is so annoying. It's not even Which fun. I enjoyed. Yeah. I know, but you're like, this is the greatest moment of my life. Don't hurt this for me. <laughs> you didn't say that, but I could tell you were thinking it. Better than the Royals. Better than the day I got married. Better than the days my kids were born. The day you got 40 free games? The time a few free games triggered on the sun and moon machine at the Horseshoe Baltimore. I just enjoyed making fun of you because you made a 40 credit bet instead of a 400 credit bet because you're an idiot. And when you won, whatever, you won like $40 at the end. I was like, you should have been $400. It's true. It's a good point. It was $25. Yeah. It should have been $250. Whatever. I would have totally forgotten all about the $80 I lost on the crappy video poker machines. You probably wouldn't have. I know how you work. That's true. So speaking of Caesars Entertainment Casinos, which Horseshoe is one, Caesars Entertainment has named a new regional president for Atlantic City Casinos, Ronald Bauman, to replace Kevin Ortsman. We keep saying he got fired. I think that's, I mean, that's the way it's been reported. It's not like Caesars came out and was like, we fired that guy. I think we're fine. I don't think we're getting in any trouble. Any thoughts on Ronald Bauman? I hope he doesn't make out with one of his employees and then fire another one in retaliation for getting whistleblown. Maybe they put that in the employee handbook now. <laughs> you think it was like a training issue? Yeah, they were like, in case this isn't abundantly clear. Yeah, it could, could be. 
Could be. I think, yeah, you're probably onto something there. Uh, so I don't think we know too much about this guy. I mean, he's, he was the general manager and senior vice president of Indiana Grand Racing and Casino in Shelbyville, Indiana, which I feel like I should have a Simpsons re- reference here. Yeah. They're always eating their candy in Shelbyville. They love the <laughs> sweet taste. Uh, he's held some leadership positions at CET casinos in Atlantic City previously. And we'll see how he does. There's nothing else to say. Yeah, I, I tried to get this story out of the episode, but lost. So I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry for not having a half dozen Shelbyville Springfield references teed up, ready to go, all from the Lemon Tree episode of The Simpsons. So both of the hosts of Do For A Win are feeling deep shame at this exact moment. Yes, but for vastly different reasons. So Ocean has a new players club. About time. Yes. I mean, I don't really know if they needed a new players club, but they needed to fix some stuff. So their new players club is seems like the old players club, but they've gone back to having their comps expire after six months of inactivity, unless you're the lowest level, which makes it three months of inactivity, right? Yeah, which I guess was the way it was before. I don't, I don't know I no for idea. sure about the the lowest level expiration, but it seems like people are saying this is putting it back to the way it was before. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they're responding to the heat they took about this. I mean, a lot of people were publicly make. I mean, a couple people in particular <laughs> were. People seemed angry. Were publicly making this a, a cause, as they should have. I mean, it was a ridiculous policy to have the rolling comps, especially making it effective on comps that had already been earned i mean it would be one thing if they said okay starting with comps you earn right now these now will expire six months from now regardless of activity between now and then but to do it retroactively was really crappy so they're sort of going back to the way it was on twitter they still posted this as comps expire six months after inactivity with nothing no asterisk about the lowest tier level the blue level expiring after three months which is kind of weird uh, Twitter handle play with an edge one pointed out like that's not really accurate what you're saying in this tweet. And he, along with Eric and Jim from New York, were all very vocal about the change. Ed also got involved at some point I saw. So the new players club is called Wow. Wow Players Club. Wow. Still in the video, I watched it. Said you can drive a Mercedes or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they don't the ex- they don't explain how one would get any of these perks. Driving a Mercedes, staying on a Carnival Cruise, going to the Hippodrome in London or something, I think was one right. of them. Like, if you fly to London, we will make sure you can get into the building to look. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. If you pay the entrance fee. <laughs> I still don't have a card. I say this every yeah. time we mention Ocean. I don't have a card. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any hot takes? I don't think there's really any hot takes to have. It's a player's club. It seems like every other player's club. It doesn't seem... As crappy as their previous policy, what else is there to say? I don't know. They don't have very much goodwill right now from the community. They do not. I mean, there's probably more to say about Ocean, but I think we can handle it in our mailbag segment coming up, just as a spoiler. Our marketing director has informed me that we cannot talk about it until after the ad break. Okay. We'll have to get an ad between (laughs) now and when I edit the podcast. I'll ring up the Clark Chamber of Commerce right now. Yeah, I know. That's... (laughs) Our, like, list of previous uh, partners is pretty short, so it shouldn't be that hard to find someone. (laughs) Yes. Maybe we could get a new partner, like, Ocean's Players Club. We haven't screwed over the players in, like, three days, and it, like, rolls down to four or something. Yeah, like those no-accidents-at-work board. (laughs) Right. 
They should. Hey, they're they're up to like eight days or something now. I don't know. They should pin that to their Twitter. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'd be willing to 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 pitch that. But that's like the only context in which I'd be okay with. Doing that. <laughs> it's like we got this great idea for you guys. This is how we're going to market it. It's like, sirs, you are not allowed here anymore. Yes. Where we are allowed is the Atlantic Club. Indeed, because we own it, right? Wait, did we buy it? Yeah, I thought so. Okay, I didn't talk to our accountant. <laughs> I'm so confused. This is what happens when you don't run a tight ship. You don't have any ad breaks set up. No. You just lose all your money selling t-shirts. You don't know which casino you own in Atlantic City. We run the loosest ship. Right. I don't know what a tight ship is or if a ship can be loose. But if it can, our ship is very loose. We run the town whore of ships. <laughs> Sandy's home. <laughs> <laughs> uh our ship is the Sandy Sos. Oh my goodness. We should get a boat and dock it in Atlantic City and name it Sandy Sos. So anyway, the Atlantic Club has sold for the third time, the fourth time since it's gone out of business. It's it's one of those for sure. It is sold to Coliseo Company. It's I believe a New York company and uh, basically they're being pretty coy, I guess, about what they're going to do with it because that's how these things always go. I actually, I guess the last two times it's been like pretty clear, like we're going to make this whole indoor water park for families or whatever. But, yes. uh, so there's a major difference, which is the last two times there have been very clear plans and very clearly not funding. Right. And this time it's actually TJM properties, the, current i guess now previous or about to be previous owner saying hey we sold this place to these people so that seems like it's actually going to happen we'll see you're still skeptical i feel like i have reason to be skeptical no it's fine yeah so speaking of tgm uh our friends at route 40 also tweeted out that they did not pay their taxes on atlanta club last year so Presumably, as some part of this, someone will end up paying the taxes on it. <laughs> You'd hope. Because <laughs> I hear if you do not want the city to own it, you should pay your taxes. That is true. That's what I learned in real estate school, that the county or city or whoever likes to take your property if you do not pay taxes on it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I mean, we've seen this with sort of like interim. TJM owed a bunch of taxes last year. On Yep. And they took them this. forever to pay it. Yeah, and and Glenn Straub, when he owned Revel, yep. was in a big fight about his taxes. So I think it's probably just something where, you know, you're not making any revenue on this property. Yeah, they're not in any hurry. You might as well take your time and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's actually a thing that goes through people's heads. So Wayne Perry of the Associated Press uh, wrote an article saying that the company does not have, nor does it plan to seek, a casino license. And the deed restriction preventing it from being used as a casino remains in place. So seems like we're looking at a non-casino hotel. The one little quote from Coliseo was something about restoring the property. So it doesn't seem like it's a knockdown job. Uh, well, but it was a bit unclear because in the article, at least the one I read, I think they had a bunch of people in that are like, yeah, I think they're going to knock it down. I mean, Rocco Sebastiani of Coliseo says... They're looking forward to restoring such a great property. Restoring does not mean knocking down. Uh, it's unclear. So 
there are a couple competing reactions on Twitter uh, from people with more knowledge about this stuff than we have. Roger Gross from Global Gaming Business Magazine said, Good news for Atlantic City. Town needs more hotel rooms but does not need more casinos. This seems like a questionable take to me, but okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think the argument is certainly that capacity in the summer sure you know rooms are filled to capacity in the summer and you know we saw people make that argument for ocean that they needed the the rooms open it's i don't know if that's accurate fine in the summer it's bad for nine months of the year but okay uh so jim kennedy who is at ac econ policy said the casino hotel is best a knockdown or perhaps downsized what do you think from everything i've seen and heard I mean, it's been in total disrepair for the last five years since they closed it. I mean, so, zombies took it over. So yeah, that did happen. That's true. Which, by the way, I don't know if it's in our thing, but they've the zombies have packed up, and I think they're done with filming or whatever. We did it. We beat the zombies. We beat yeah. back the zombies. They've they're moving in on. Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thankfully, Las Vegas is again safe from zombies. But uh, yeah, I don't really know. I don't have any deep insights into the situation or anything. Of course, I would like it to be a casino. I'd like it to just be exactly as it was, but I suspect that is the least likely outcome of all the outcomes possible in the universe. Least likely and probably highly unreasonable and doomed to fail. Uh, yeah. But on a scale of but 1 I to want 10, it. <laughs> if they knocked it down, how sad would you be? Yeah, like 9. But then again... It could change quickly. Like, if you'd asked me in 2015 or 2016 or whatever, how sad would I be if they just knocked down the showboat? I would have been, like, nine. But now if you asked me today, I'd be, like, zero. (laughs) So we'll see what happens. Right. I'd be, Uh, like, actively happy. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what happens. Tagline of the show, every episode since episode one, we'll see what happens. That's right. Let's get into some questions. (laughs) Speaking of people who get really angry when we say we'll see what happens, Han sent us a question via Twitter. Uh, he asks, how much runway does the Ocean Casino and Resort have left before it gets grounded like Revel or takes off like Borgata? What would it mean for 2AC for Ocean to fail like Revel? So there's two questions there. Sure. The runway thing. I mean, right now it seems like it's ever so slightly profitable yeah, from what we can tell. It sounds like it's profitable. That's what they're saying. Although that has the major caveat of being, we learned that in the middle of summer and we're about to get into. Not the middle of summer. Not the middle of summer. It is October 2nd right now. So we're getting into the slower months. Um, I feel like that's not a great sign. So I don't know like how many cold, cold winters the uh, ownership of of Ocean is willing to stick this out. I mean, we don't, there's really kind of no way to know that. I know that the previous owner, Bruce Dyfick, said all the right things about, you know, having capital and being able to come in with no debt and have a longer runway. But then it turned out that he had actually put a lot of personal money in it and maybe did not have that much runway. So, And also wasn't allowed to leave his room after 9 p.m. That is true, too. Um, <laughs> unrelated to... <laughs> To the management of the play, well, to the I mean, it, profitability it's related the to the management it of the place. <laughs> directly related to the management of the place. But so, I don't know. I mean, do you have any any idea about the runway? I mean, are, are you nervous just because it's being run by a hedge fund, and you know how much leeway are they going to give it? So, like, I think there's problems that 
come about because it's being run by a hedge fund, but I have to think that they would see some intrinsic value in just the property and it's kind of worth more presumably open than closed. I mean, closed, it's worth basically nothing. Uh, but even more than that, like, I actually think the summer was like kind of promising for them, especially compared to the like horrific summer they had last summer. Uh, or a horrific couple of months in the summer they had last summer. So I think so far this year, it's been like, it's been really bad for them. If you told them that this is what it was going to be when they opened it, they would have never opened it probably, but it looks like they're moving in the right direction. So I'd be surprised if it shuts down anytime soon. We would be hearing rumblings already if it wasn't going to make it to next summer, right? <laughs> right. Uh, because we're getting into the slow months, so you're going to be acting now if if that was going to be the case. So that's not happening. And and I think you're right. Like seeing the upward trajectory a little bit, uh, clearly they're going to give it at least one more summer. So I, I would think that's what that's that's my take. I think if there's not improvement from this summer to next summer, like that could be a bad sign. But it's hard for me to imagine them not not seeing how 2020 shakes out. Yeah, and I think one of the issues is, I mean, you touched on it. Like, if they close it, I think it's much harder to sell because I think then it's just seen as an unfixable property. Like, it would be very hard to get over that if it closes again, even if they're keeping it open at barely break-even or or slightly unprofitable. I think that's way better for their sales prospects than if it closes a second time. If it closes, it's totally worthless and they're just on the hook for taxes or whatever every year, forever. (laughs) Um, so speaking of closing, the second part of the question is what would it mean for, for AC or what would it mean to AC for Ocean to fail like Revel? I don't know if it would mean a whole lot, frankly. I mean, I think, you know, we're kind of expecting for a casino to close at some point in the next year or two, though we've been expecting that since we started the podcast, frankly. I, I would think I'm on like the far edge of like, wouldn't be terribly alarmed by that. Do you think it would be not even as bad as the first time Revel failed? I don't think Hotel's closing is like the root of the problems. It's just like a symptom of the underlying issues. So it might show that the problems are a bit deeper than we believe they are. And like, I'm just not sure. I mean, I think it's seems like the city's doing all right with nine. And, you know, if it went down to eight or even if it went down to seven, like, I don't think that's necessarily awful for the city. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm with you in that I actually don't think it would be as terrible because I think when it first opened and then closed, it was sort of seen as like, wow, even Revel can't make it in the city. Even the nicest new property can't make it in the city. And they put a ton of money in this thing and it's just this massive black eye failure. And I think if it if it happened again, people would say, oh, that, well, that property's really messed up. <laughs> I think it would be seen less as like, well, Atlantic City's just dying. Um, I mean, there certainly would be a segment of people who have that perception anyway, who would, it would serve as another yeah, yeah, confirmation. Yeah. But, you know, with Hard Rock two doors over doing very well, I think it's harder to make that argument. And people who actually I'd are, say, I'd say well, not very well, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, having opened and succeeded and put a ton of money into the property and, and doing pretty well, it's harder to make the argument of like, oh, well, see, nothing can succeed. You can't make the argument that nothing can succeed. In it succeed in atlantic city so i don't think it would be as bad for atlantic city i think if it fails and closes again you're going to be talking like demolition at some point because i think people are going to be seriously like and that that would just be you... un- unbelievable to me i mean that's just like it's such a nice property but there were major management issues both both iterations so. yeah 
it, it would be hard for me to believe that demolition is a better option than just letting it sit there. I guess the question is, are the layout problems fixable in a way that's more cost-effective than starting over? And you'd think it would have to be, but who knows? All right. So Justin W. sent us a question via the feedback form before he went to Atlantic City, which has already happened. But uh, I saw it and forgot to try to answer it on the show. But he asks, what is the best Laurel slash Diamond Lounge in Atlantic City? Factory my wife doesn't drink and is mostly there for the food and entertainment. So what do you think? I mean, I think if you're only there for the food, the spread at Caesars is the biggest. And I don't think it's like amazing food or anything, but I think it's better than the Bally's food. But Caesars doesn't have Galaga. That's true. So as far, but yeah, so as a hangout spot, I think Bally's is a way cooler hangout spot and just a cooler ambiance in general. And neither of us have been to Harrah's, right? We have not. Although I, I, think I have the not consensus been is that it's the least nice of the three. Okay. If some, if that, if somebody vehemently disagrees, let us know. That sounds that sounds totally right to me. The buffet is definitely better at Caesars, no question. Uh, I personally like the Bally space better. I don't think the food is like fantastic in Caesars or anything like that. So, but there's like six times as much of it at Caesars. As yeah, yeah, yeah. At Bally's. Yeah, at Bally's when we went, and it was dinner time, it was like kind of like finger foods were out, but it was pretty small. Like Caesars has a legit buffet. Right. So, yeah, I think Caesars is probably what you're looking for, but I would check both out. Can't really hurt. I mean, I guess you lose some reward credits, but it's true. Probably have plenty of those. So Trisha in the Facebook group asks, do you think maintaining CET status, Diamond specifically, is going to be more valuable with the inclusion of Tropicana or less valuable? Also, which casino do you think offers the best comps, free rooms, free play, dining, or comp dollars, etc.? Um, so I, I think I would have to say more valuable just because I, it's a massive network. It's already a massive network, and it's going to be an even bigger network of casinos. So I, I have to just jump in and ask, did you see the news that came out about uh, Diamond? No. So I believe they pushed out an email, and it essentially said, if you matched into Diamond this year, you will not be able to match into Diamond next year. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's going to be a lot harder to be Diamond next year if you're people like us who matched in through Wyndham, basically. Or if you matched in through just like, you know, matching MGM Gold to Diamond or whatever. That's not too surprising because it feels like they had made it incredibly easy. So what I was actually about to say is that I think there is an asterisk next to all this stuff about maintaining status because AC is like the, in the golden age of tier matching, right? So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, as far as value though, specifically just, you know, ignoring the sort of maintenance question or what your cost is to get there. Like, is the value of diamond going to go up or down? And I guess, I mean, part, part of that question is also with El Dorado running the show. And that's the big question mark, I think, right? Right. And that's like people, some people I saw were speculating that this might be kind of like the first thing that El Dorado's done is to kind of try to cut out the people that are just free loading into Diamond. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I know people who have earned their Diamond through gambling have been complaining for years about all the people who have found backdoors into, into the system. And it seems like they've just been opening up more and more of those backdoors for, for the last few years, like almost to the point where, Diamond was just a marketing thing to say, like, here's a carrot that we can use to get you into the casino um, or to get you to play a little more than you did before and not really a truly elite status. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if 
El Dorado sort of treats diamond the way it used to be back, you know, 10 and more years ago. Um, you know, even probably six or seven years ago where diamond had a lot of perks and it still has a lot of perks, but it, where it had a, a lot of perks and really felt like a, a status that was a high level status. Whereas now it sort of feels like almost just slightly above the base level, even though the perks are significantly better than the base level. It feels like so many people have it, right? That And they've been taking some of the perks away. Like, you know, it's harder to get into diamond lounges now. It's like even, I don't know if you noticed in Baltimore, they even had a sign that says you're not allowed in the diamond lounge in Baltimore, which gives you nothing to get in there unless you got 25,000 tier credits, either this year or last year. Yeah, that's so weird. I mean, I went in. Because they, they can't even give away free beer in the Diamond Lounge in yeah. Baltimore. I mean, I walked right in and nobody said anything and nobody checked my card. They right. did They did actually swipe Dave's card when he ordered and didn't say anything to him. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have that many tier credits. The other question, the other part of the question is, which casino do you think offers best comps, free rooms, free play, dining, or comp dollars? Do you think there's one answer for that whole group, or do you think you have to break it down into individual... Yeah, items. I mean, so I guess just I didn't actually answer the first question, so just jumping into that real quick. Um, Too late. I mean, it's it's gotta kind of be more valuable with the inclusion of Tropicana. Like it, it can't be less valuable. I think if that makes sense. Yeah, unless El Dorado does a lot of things to make it worse, but but we can't know that. Like just sure, going based but that's on numbers, just right? because of their new owners, and not necessarily because Tropicana's included or whatever so like diamond i think has to be more valuable next year than it is this year especially just based in ac i mean you're gonna be have four properties out of the nine (laughs) so anyway so which casino do you think offers the best like comps rooms free play dining comp dollars yeah it's different for every casino we've talked a little bit about it right so comp dollars i I think it's about the same everywhere i i haven't noticed a huge difference with the number of comp dollars i think if Mm -hmm. you would have asked people in the old days like i know people a lot of people went to ocean because i think they felt like they were getting the most comp dollars there i feel like i accrue comp dollars very slow at cet properties um compared i mean i'm always surprised when i go somewhere else like i mean i always have just an infinite number of reward credits so but that's mostly because i there's always like deals for me where if i come i get four thousand reward credits or whatever so yeah that's true dining i mean that's the same thing as comp dollars basically you don't really get dining kind of separate from that anymore these days i mean it was like you could a little bit when i first started going in 2005 but that's at least in my experience more or less a thing that's gone away at least for the level of player that we are if you have a host it might be slightly different but you still get like free buffet coupons but you don't get like you know food and beverage too much unless you're a higher level player uh free play like we've always said we think borgata is by far the most generous in in free play that's Agreed. been our experience. I just got $50 free play mailer from them, which makes no sense. Like, they should not be giving me $50 from free play in, in match play. <laughs> free rooms, I think we've always said it's been Tropicana. I don't know if that's going to change or not with the kind of merging of them into Caesars and, you know, maybe El Dorado put their stamp on the company a bit more. I don't really know. Uh, I think Ocean is actually always also been pretty generous with comps and frankly so is cet but tropicana for me is has been the best i think given the level of play i've given them yeah i mean cet historically has always been a really easy free room to get just because of their volume like they've got so much inventory uh 
So it'll be interesting. Plus, I think it it helps a lot, like the natural volatility of their like online system because their algorithm's not very good. Like if you just keep checking, like eventually the room will be free. <laughs> right, that does help a lot. Um, so you know, never underestimate the power of like mashing refresh on a website until you get the thing that you want to get, whether it's like tickets to a sporting event or a free room at a Caesar's property. So again, now they're going to have four properties, which is what they had back when they had Showboat. And it felt like you could pretty much guarantee even a very, very low-level player that you were going to get a room somewhere <laughs> if you just kept checking. And obviously, yeah, you know, that was back in the recession time, and th- this is not that, but they're going to have a ton of room inventory. So I don't know if we're going to see similar sort of ease of comped rooms there. But, I mean, for now, I think Tropicana is part of that, is going to be part of that network, and Tropicana is the easiest room to get, I think, right now. And best comps, I mean, I think that's kind of the combination of all the things we just said, unless you mean, like, who gives away the nicest waffle irons or whatever. Ooh, <laughs> but, uh, that is a, that's a good question. And in, in my experience, Trop is always trying to give me free stuff, like, all the time. Uh, Hard Rock actually reaches yeah, out to me Yeah, Hard Rock too, gives away a lot free, free stuff. of stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think those two have kind of been the standouts for me, but Trop for me is just, like, nonstop with, like, come we'll give you a $50 gift card or come we'll give you like whatever a blender or whatever so yeah i get a lot at hard rock but i guess i part a big part of that's just that i've focused my play there my last right. few ac trips so hopefully that helps uh, is there anything more to say about that no all right so chuck from the facebook group what is a good reason to make the trip to atlantic city from maryland anymore i think that's a super great question and i think that you know, a lot of the problem, I mean, some of it was definitely the economy in the kind of 2007, 2008. But, you know, I think if you ask at least the two of us, the main problem is just the legalization of gambling that's happened up and down the East Coast. Like that's been the biggest driver of AC losing their business, right? Yeah. I mean, Pennsylvania casinos, Philly has casinos. I mean, it's all this stuff for right. Maryland, Delaware, metro- you know. A lot of the metropolitan areas, you know, the big centers where people live, you're driving by other gambling options to get to Atlantic City. You know, I'm coming from New York, and so we've got Resorts World, but they don't have real table games there. So I'm not actually, like, going directly by, you know, my Greyhound bus doesn't go by another casino on the way to Atlantic City. but until until they open one in in, uh, Hoboken or Jersey City or whatever. Right. right. So, I mean, I think we're, you know, within the next you know, 20 years or something that will not be the case anymore or that will become the case where I'm going by a casino. So, uh, but yeah, I mean for Maryland specifically, so what is it, you know, you are in Maryland, you do go by horseshoe and Maryland live and Hollywood casino, right. All to get to, <laughs> to I mean, like, to let's casino. be real. Hollywood casino is not like anything to really hey, write home about. Somebody just talked it up on an episode. Of no, you can bet on that. they meant, they meant horseshoe a hundred percent. Like okay. I listened to that call and you can bet on that. <laughs> Cause the, the person they, said Hollywood, but they were talking about the horseshoe. They said Hollywood there is not Baltimore. eight craps tables at the Hollywood. It uh, is one craps table at Hollywood. <laughs> yes. And that's a very small casino is in Perryville, nice. Maryland. Perryville, I, Maryland. I actually like it perfectly well, been. but it's very small. So why do you make the trip? So we've talked about this before on older episodes. I mean, for me, I mean, for one thing, obviously, my co-host on Do For Win, based out of essentially New York City, I'm based out of essentially Washington, D.C., so Atlantic City is kind of an in-between for the two of us, and we built so many of our memories in Atlantic City, right? And it's like a bit more of a 
you know, it's a vacation kind of to go to Atlantic City, right? And going to Horseshoe or whatever is not really. It's just a night out. So, I mean, those are kind of the reasons for me. I mean, if I just was looking to scratch a gambling itch, I would go to Horseshoe or MGM or Maryland Live. So say I lived, still lived in beautiful in Laurel. Laurel, Maryland. Would we ever go to Atlantic City, do you think? Yeah. We'd yeah. go less often, but we would. Yeah, I think so too, because I, I think, I mean, you said it already, but it's a vacation. You know, you want the, the nice thing about going to Atlantic City, and I know it's, you know, a tiny, tiny compared to Vegas, but everybody in Atlantic City is there on vacation. Well, you know, everybody who's not serving you or dealing you cards at the table. <laughs> like, I mean, we, I, I don't think that's true, but okay. I mean, it's like the, the entire town or like the entire town of stuff that you're going to is built around catering to people who are there for like leisure, right? So there's uh-huh. not, there's not a bunch of people commuting to work. For and, health, and, Greg, for health. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes from it's a health resort. Its original pur- purpose. Yes. Um, sorry. I, I'll apologize to Dr. Jonathan Pitney after the show. And that vibe of it being this, you know, casino town for one thing, where it's just a lot of entertainment focused on people who are adults with some disposable income, uh, creates an atmosphere that's very different, I think, than even other cities that you go hang out in and are just worlds apart from going and sitting at a table at the Horseshoe Baltimore or Maryland Live or anything like that. And I don't, and I really like Horseshoe. So I, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, Horseshoe's terrible and I would never go there or I don't have fun there, but I would much rather travel way further to go to Atlantic City than have all my gambling time be at the Horseshoe. And honestly, like if all my gambling time was at the Horseshoe or other casinos like that, I don't know that I would gamble that much at all. No. I mean, we've talked about this before, too. I think you don't have whatever the gambling niche is, and we've gotten into big discussions about that, and you get offended, but... No, I have the video poker itch. I would not say I have, like, an actual gambling itch. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I really wish I was sitting at a video poker bar right now. And every once in a while, I'm like, it would be really fun to choose some craps. But I'm never like, oh, I really just need to go sit at a, you know, blackjack table, pie guy table, or I just need to be in a casino. You're not, like, a person, like some other co-hosts do for a win that like see something happen or thinks about something happen. And it's like, I wonder if I can get action on this. <laughs> no, no, that's not me. <laughs> no, I don't. So I don't have that itch at all. Like I like the casino vibe. I like, I really like another thing I really like about Atlantic city is being able to hop from casino to casino. Yeah, no, that's nice. There's a, it's a very walkable place in general, just in terms yeah. of boardwalk and things that are just off the boardwalk. Tennessee Avenue is going to help with that. There are a lot of restaurants. There are a lot of good, places to grab a cocktail now. So I think if you're just talking about, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit at one place. I just want to gamble. Like if that's what you want out of your gambling trips, then no, there's not a reason to make the drive. But if you want all the extra stuff of like, I'm going to go get a nice meal in walking distance from this casino and I'm going to go then go to other casinos on the way. Like that's what I like about a gambling trip. So that's why it's worth the trip to me. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what your your priorities are. I mean, certainly plenty of people do not come to Atlantic City anymore because they can scratch the itch they have at a casino that is much closer to them than Atlantic City. Yep. And I do not begrudge them that. That is Same. certainly a reasonable option. So excellent question. So we have a few more questions that we will save for future episodes. And I think that... In general, I, I really like the format of this. So if you have any more questions, always feel free to tweet them at do for a win or at Kyle Askin or, you know, 
just shoot them to us on our in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, but the last question that we want to handle tonight is by Facebook moderator Terry, uh, which is when are you two going to AC question mark LOL exclamation point. Can we give them an answer? Uh, you asked me today, so I said that it seemed fine. So go ahead. Okay, here's the latest. I feel like we need a drum roll. I haven't actually like ran this by anyone yet, so <laughs> if we were a better podcast, I would have effects and stuff because we have it's you know it's been a running joke, and I don't know how much of it is an actually actually it's, it's a joke. not it's not a joke it's just life yeah 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 no, uh life has gotten very in the way, but I have pitched october twenty fourth twenty fifth in that range, and it seems like I am good to go october twenty fifth to the twenty sixth if that is an option that works for you oh. Whoa. Yeah. Overnight. So I don't know if you would do, in that case, if you would do come out Thursday night as you usually do and then leave Friday night. Yeah, I can't stay on the 26th. So yeah, I'd probably go Thursday night to Friday night would be my guess. So tentatively, I think that is what we're looking at. Potentially, Kyle, that's only a little over three weeks away. I should also from the publishing of this episode run it by my planning executive that I have. Hope's already sky high. Can't be canceled now. (laughs) (laughs) It should be said that that's probably an important step in this whole prospect situation. Uh, So my room rates suck that Friday. Oh, seems sounds good. One thing that we've talked about. I bet that I can get you a room for free since I will be able to check you in. Almost certainly. As long as you just promise to keep the porn buying to a minimum. I promise nothing. Like, I'm not saying none. I'm just saying, like, what most people consider a reasonable amount. <laughs> uh, do I have to not play? Not like on, your usual. Do I have to play on your card? Do I have to stay in the West Tower? I have questions about this. Oh, ooh, yeah. Oh, that would be good. I could book you in the West Tower. You Have you ever stayed in the West Tower? I don't know if you know what I have to go through. I don't think I've stayed in the West Tower. Like, maybe once, like a long, long time ago. You don't understand my plight. Like, this is not a burden I can bear alone. And this is my opportunity to show you what I have to go through to go to Atlantic City and how serious I am about going there. So what we had discussed, what I had pitched as as a hypothetical when there wasn't even a hypothetical date being talked about. Uh, marina trip? Was a marina trip where one of us, probably me, stayed at the Golden Nugget and the other of us stayed at Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, staying on a Friday night at Golden Nugget sounds stupid, though. should be like some Wednesday night or something if we're going to do that. So so the the hard part about that, and I would still be willing to do it, but the hard part about that is we're going to be talking about like 189 bucks for that Friday right. night to stay at Golden Nugget. And it, it would be more than Borgata for me, almost guaranteed. Yes. So that, that's just a hard sell, even for, so for, even for a marina trip. Craig, you're going to the West Tower. You're gonna do it. You're gonna. I have in the West I have seven night a week comps right now at Tropicana. I mean, this is something that will happen. For all we know, I'll end up getting. Another... I used to like upgrade you to like the South Tower, which is a tower I've just like desperately wanted to get in all the time because I've never be stayed there. I mean, it's it is going to be <laughs> late October. I'm just. will be like, would you like a sweet sir in the Havana Tower? If they ask me that at the desk, I'll be like, no. <laughs> Put me in the West Tower in your shittiest room. <laughs> Put me on the second floor of the West Tower, as close yeah. to the elevator as possible. And make sure that the porn doesn't work on the yeah. TV. If you could actually leave a half-burnt-out roach clip in, still <laughs> just reeking in, in the place, you'd be like, sir, 
marijuana is the least of your problems in the West Tower. Yes. Have you heard that one of our rooms exploded because there was a meth lab in there? <laughs> Be like, actually, I did. Yes, I did, and I was not surprised. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, I'm talking about this like it's a done deal. There's no. obviously a major hurdle that still needs to be cleared. Even if I cannot go to Atlantic City, I will drive up on Friday <laughs> to book you into the West Tower and then drive home. All right. Well, we'll have more updates in the next episode, hopefully with more confirmation. But at that point, we're going to be talking about like potentially a week out. So I'll try to we'll try to firm some stuff up and and put it out there on social media if there's going to be any kind of place to meet us. Yeah. Where we if we actually have any overlapping, it could totally end up where like you know you get there. Hand me the keys to the West Tower as my bus is pulling in to whatever. Uh, my car is leaving. Like I hand the key out of my car window and you reach out of the bus window and grab it. Yeah. So basically like the same amount that we saw each other at the Horseshoe Baltimore last week. Yeah. It was great. Seems totally acceptable. So anyway, I'll talk to the planning executive and, and figure the situation out. But sounds tentatively good to me. But I definitely can't say Friday night. That's fine. It is fine. Anyway, I already gave you all the Facebook group link. You do not get it again. I hope you were listening closely. Uh, you can find all of our content at twoforwin.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and not YouTube. I also already gave you both my and Craig's Twitter. So again, I hope your note-taking was up to snuff. But do send us questions because uh, I think it's an interesting segment. So uh you can also send questions via email to do for a win at gmail.com or go to our website and order a shirt because let me tell you we have a lot of shirts that we spent a lot of money on so i wouldn't say it was a lot of money yeah it was like a medium amount of money i mean they are nine or eleven dollars per shirt how much money can it really be uh we have a lot of shirts i don't know we should probably take stock of the shirts and really figure out what we still have yeah Maybe. And then use them for kindling. Sounds, sounds like work. These are limited edition collector's items. Well worth your $9. And how about this? If we go to Atlantic City in October, which is iffy, you can order a shirt from us and we will deliver it to you there. And you won't have to pay $4.50 shipping or whatever it is that Craig charges for that. It's $5 even for shipping. Ooh. Ooh, I got to make up for our past mistakes. Well, and the envelopes that you're using to put stuff eh, in. Fair, I guess those aren't free. And it probably averages out to more than $5 per shirt. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. Man, we're bad at business. <laughs> bad anyway, at take, business. <laughs> take pity on us, buy some shirts, meet up with us in Atlantic City, maybe in October, who knows. And uh, 100% we'll definitely going in October. Can't we'll talk to you guys in two weeks for our trip preview episode, which for the <laughs> trip that is definitely happening. 100%. Send us your questions. Coming out of the path, I look up and I see, oh, a Total Rewards logo. I'm like, oh, that's a homeless guy. I wonder if... He got that jacket on the way toward becoming homeless. Probably. Probably not. He probably got it at, you know, the estate sale of some other homeless, now homeless guy. <laughs> homeless men do go to a lot of estate sales. That's what I've heard.